Hi everybody, my name is Rob Scott from UC Today and in this session I'm joined by Gary Forrest, CEO at Pure IP and we also have a special guest, Scott Rendell, Customer Success Manager at Microsoft. In this session, we're going to be discussing COVID-19 and the impact it's had on the enterprise. So welcome everybody. Welcome. No, it's, it's great to have you here. Uh, I think the best place to start uh, before we get stuck into the conversation, how about we have a round of introductions? Gary, would you like to go first? Certainly. I'm Gary Forrest, Chief Executive of Pure IP. Um, Pure IP is an international SIP trunk provider, um, providing numbers, PSDN replacement services um, for uh, enterprises around the world. And good morning or good afternoon. I'm Scott Rendell, uh, Customer Success Manager with Microsoft. Uh, Microsoft, the global provider of uh, all sorts of software and and uh, cloud services. Great stuff. Thanks for thanks for that. So uh, to kick off with, I mean, we all know about the pandemic. Uh, we're right in the middle of it as we record this session uh, today, uh, and it's had a dramatic impact on organisations, small and large. But today we're going to particularly focus in on on the larger organisations that would say the mid market or the enterprises that are out there. Uh, so. Gary, I wanted to kick off maybe with the first question. It's kind of, you know, were the enterprises uh, or was the enterprise ready for the pandemic? I think many of them were. We had a good number of customers that hadn't anticipated the volumes, or the increased volumes in traffic, be it internet traffic or, or, or voice traffic, um, as a consequence of actually having to move workers to working remotely. Um, so three weeks ago, um, I'm sure it was a case for most telecoms business, Pure IP was no different. We spent a lot of time trying to help customers reconfigure their networks and build them extra capacity very quickly um, to accommodate their business needs. And so my feeling is, you know, post-COVID-19, post there's going to be a lot of companies looking to review how they operate um, under these circumstances again. And, you know, I, I think I could echo that as well. We were seeing a trend um, with our customers in that they were beginning to move to a remote workforce or a partially remote workforce. Uh, and that certainly was accelerated dramatically uh, with the current pandemic. But yeah, absolutely agree. Great stuff. And, you know, let's focus in on the challenges then that the organizations have faced. Uh, I mean, it almost felt like overnight that, you know, the almost all organizations had to think about remote working or home working. So, now, what kinds of challenges were the enterprises facing? Um, for us, customers that were using um, on-premise uh, PBXs were, were running out of bandwidth, for example, MPLS bandwidth, because they'd suddenly had to connect a large volume of audio conference calls, or we're now trying to connect a lot of remote users using VPN services. I think a lot of IT teams were deployed trying to reconfigure VPN services to actually be able to run multiple ap applications um, real time for a working day. So, you know, every company's always had some people working remotely. You suddenly had a situation where you had thousands working remotely and did they have the actual servers and the capacity to be able to deal with that? Those were the two biggest challenges I think we witnessed. Um, it was also those who were working remotely was actually getting the call quality to make sure the call quality was good because if people were suddenly making sales calls or taking support calls repetitionally, um, customers were trying to keep the same standards that would have done if they were actually operating from an office. You know, I think that's a great point, Gary. And and um, what we found was that it wasn't so much that people weren't necessarily ready to work from home. I mean, everybody's got internet, and and most most of your semi-mobile workforce has laptops, so they were ready. But what we found 
surprisingly enough, was the devices, headsets. Gary, you're wearing a headset today. Um, I'm on a, what do we call a puck, a speakerphone. Um, a lot of people didn't have those, you know, and, it, and so communication from an audio and or video standpoint uh, was a real challenge. So uh, that was surprising. Um, some of the vendors that we use, you know, that make these uh, headsets and things like that were tapped out. Their stores were, were you know, in backlog. And uh, they were they were reaching out to us saying, you know, you got to help us with your customers so they can get devices and uh, get more qualified devices to be able to use in this work from home scenario. Yeah, absolutely. And as we know, we we ran out of supplies in, in lots of different areas uh, all over the world, didn't we? So I completely echo the, you know, the, the, the homework and equipment piece. I mean, even I, I got a call from a friend that said, you know, where do I, what's the best webcam to buy? I pointed it to a webcam, it was sold out, which normally that, you know, branded uh, webcam would not be sold out. So yes, absolutely. That's a real challenge. And certainly as Gary mentioned, bandwidth, infrastructure capacity, uh, that's a really good point as well. What, what about the security issue? Because we've had a lot of issues with security in the, in the mainstream press uh, around certain brands. And uh, that's really been a real challenge. And it's kind of almost, was that an afterthought for a lot of enterprises, you know, as they were rushing out to deploy video conferencing uh, and collaboration platforms? I, th I think it was. I think everyone was in a rush to actually just keep their um, their um, staff or their employees operational. I think so things were compromised. I don't think there was a lot of thought given to the long-term implications of actually how people were operating, you know, how people were set up at home. Did they have open servers that actually could be compromised? By actually people scanning those IPs, et cetera. I think now we're starting to, to see customers come back, talk to us, talk to us about what they should be putting in place, and also to re-examine what they again they have to do in the longer term because actually what they have in place currently isn't going to be sustainable. You know, from our standpoint, um, deploying Microsoft Teams in Office 365, um, you know, the security was already there. Um, you know, we have different levels of it, but the baseline security was there. So our customers were already familiar with that journey and how that works. Um, if anything, it might have accelerated the uh, the purchase of of the more advanced uh, security licenses that we offer in Office 365. But most of our customers were were already on that journey using Teams both uh, at their office and uh, and remotely. And what I suppose. A lot of Microsoft Teams customers are using it for collaboration. They're not, necess not necessarily all using it for phone system capabilities. So, was there a kind of period uh, where there was a, or is there still a period where there's a mad rush for kind of direct routing capabilities so they could, you know, really ditch the PBX and uh, move on to a uh, on to Microsoft Teams for calling? You know, I I would have thought there would have been. Uh, more call for that, but there really wasn't. Um, you know, the fact that you can do an an audio call via IP on Teams or a video call uh, in the same manner left them being perfectly collaborative. And what we were hearing was a lot of customers, if they did need to actually make a call, they would just grab their cell phone. Um, that said, you know, the the customers that we had already started the the phone system and calling plan or direct routing journey with has has kept going um, and. And just a couple of my enterprise customers, um, it might have accelerated a little bit, but not tremendously. Um, so, you know, because the fact that you can communicate like we are now, 
um, we didn't see an, a real big uptake in the phone system requirements, but they're going to they're gonna be there. We're, we're already hearing our customers say, you know, what's this going to look like moving forward? How are we going to deal with these kinds of things? So the conversations are there, but um, they were more uh, focused on just getting their workforce back together, up and running online in an online scenario where they weren't so much worried about uh, calling just yet, but we're seeing that trend start to shift a little bit. I think that's right. And I think also the cost aspect of this will be important as well. I think everyone just um, sort of took no bearing in cost to keep themselves operational. As, it, as, as the dust is now settling, we're going to see people come back and revisit it so that you know, lots of calls are being redirected to mobiles. Um, that's going to be revisited when everyone starts to look at the numbers um, a month on. Yeah, I imagine there's a lot of plans that have been put in place overnight that aren't sustainable. And I know Pure IP are big on direct routing and uh, connecting the kind of ex external world with a, a Microsoft Teams platform. So uh, it, it seems to be it's getting a lot of interest at the moment. So are you are you having a lot of those conversations too with your your customers? Yes, we are. We've got a lot of customers that were actually um, starting the journey between different um, versions of Microsoft towards Teams. They're now starting to accelerate that. We're also getting a lot more customers with other um, PBX platforms that aren't as cloud friendly and where um, voice quality or costs are going to have an implication for them should they have to run this in a, in a, in a long term mode. Um, so we are starting to have conversations about we're now looking at Microsoft Teams or other platforms, but principally Teams is where we've got our specialization and starting to migrate towards that because they see the, the benefits of actually having cloud-based systems if you're going to have a distributed workforce. Are there any other challenges that uh, organizations are, uh, you know, are facing right now? Uh, we have talked about demand and capacity. We've talked about uh, the um, security element attached to uh, you know, deploying things like this overnight. Uh, Gary, is there anything else that's uh, going through the CIO's mind right now? I think it is. I think it's also about actually how you manage your workforce or your employees. Um, a lot of people are used to working in teams. Um, and now what you've actually got to do is actually use the tools available to you from a home, from home to actually manage that team and keep people working together, making sure that people can actually know what's going on. The communication element in its broadest sense is now the challenge. So you sort of deal with the IT infrastructure, the, you know, the platform. You've now got to keep people engaged and make sure that all of the people actually feel they know what they're doing. Um, and there's been many articles in, in various journals at the moment about how difficult that's proving for a lot of CIOs and companies to keep people together. I think when one article in law firms, for example, where lawyers are used to working in teams, particularly associates, how do you, if they've not got that collaborative um, environment, um, how, do you keep, how do you keep the law firms moving forward? That was one example, but there's others as well with the same challenge. And I think that's, an, that's going to be one that's going to stay with us for some considerable time. And the digitization of the world is going to make that become a bigger topic of conversation. You know, something that we're seeing um, is the need for training. And so it kind of feeds right into Gary's conversation. You know, the, the IT people that we're dealing with are saying, hey, we've, we're rolling all this stuff out. Our people need training. And, and so uh, the Microsoft Store personnel, who, of course, are now um, not in their stores, have stepped up to offer these trainings, um, and it's and it's fantastic because we can just put them in touch with the store personnel, uh, and they can take over, and, and then we can shift and move on to the next customer. So from a training standpoint, 
um, it's been fantastic. And and to to Gary's point about people having to learn how to work together remotely, you know, one of the things I do when I give a training session is I try to make the comparison of of, of a physical action to something you would do in teams. So, for example, um, you're working in a collaborative mode and someone says, hey, come over here and take a look at this, the stand over your shoulder kind of thing. Well, in teams, that's a screen share. So, you know, um, if, if we were going to get a bunch of people in a room and start drawing out plans for some sort of new promotion or new project, that's whiteboard. Okay, so I try to take all those physical actions and turn them back into something that you can do on Teams so that people can connect, kind of connect the dots, if you will. Yeah, and there is so much in Microsoft Teams that is, it, it, it's a, a very a fully comprehensive uh, platform nowadays, isn't it? Uh, so lots to learn. I can imagine user adoption being a real, a real challenge, and certainly for the different generations as well that we have in organizations nowadays. So everyone wants to learn in a slightly different way. So. Interesting stuff. So in terms of going forward, I mean, we are still in the middle of uh, the restrictions. Uh, you know, we're not allowed you know, to go very far. Organizations are still wondering when we can get back to normal. So I'm not going to ask you to get your crystal balls out, but I'm going to ask you kind of how do you think things might play out in the near future uh, as we maybe come to an end? Uh, well, as things come to an end and we're allowed out and organ businesses can get back to normal. Gary, do you want to take that one first? Sure. Um, I don't think what was normal before is ever going to be the same again, is my own view of it. I think the digitization of the world is actually only going to be accelerated by what's happened. Um, I do think that a number of people, particularly in large um, cities, are going to be uncomfortable going immediately back to work, even when the lockdowns are released. So I think you're going to find an acceleration of people working remotely, either uh, indefinitely or you know, more frequently than they were before. So the, the long debate that's been inside organizations about we want remote workers, how do you manage them and so on, I think that's going to come right to the top of the agenda. Um, so I think that we had companies from a, from a unified communications perspective are going to have to modify their strategy to accommodate this. And I, and I do think that the way in which we work, the way in which we sell, the way in which we, we, we support customers and support businesses is going to change um, considerably. Um, I don't think travel and other things is going to be as frequent as it was before. So how you actually sell to your customers and support those customers and manage those customers is going to change as well. Um, so I think we're in an, an entirely different journey. That, um, and I don't think what I understood normal for the last 20 years or so of my working life is going to be the, what it is on post post lockdown. I think we're going to see uh, companies loosen their work in the office programs and, and allow more people working from home. Um, you know, and they've had to accelerate that. So I think we're, it's going to change a little bit. So I think we'll start to see the industry respond with new applications that allow working from home better, allow people to be managed better, working from working remotely, um, possibly better analytics around, you know, how their day is going uh, and a lot a lot more video calling because people still want to have that interpersonal connection. Yeah, absolutely. The video thing's really important, isn't it, for remote working, home working, anywhere working. Uh, and it just seems everyone's switched on video now. Cameras on people. It doesn't. It just seems that everyone is, uh, uh, is happy to use it. Uh, and I certainly hope so. Anyway, um, in terms of the uh, impact on industry, if we're going to be uh, you know, seeing a lot more interest in remote working technology, then 
does that mean we're going to see an acceleration of uh, PBX to cloud, uh, do you think, in the marketplace, Gary? I do, yes. I think that cloud is going to make it easier for companies to be able to manage this. I don't think every company is set up with data centers to be able to host their own equipment, nor does it actually make a lot of economic sense from, or technical sense for them to do that. So I think there is definitely going to be an accelerated program towards the cloud. And whether that's, whether that's from a telephony perspective um, or the whole unified communication perspective, I think it's going to be the latter. Um, and I think people are going to accommodate in their budgets to be able to do that. Projects are going to be brought forward that we're probably going to run over the course of the next couple of years. And I think people are going to want to prepare. Um, worst case, we might have a second wave of this. And I think the lessons learned from the first wave is, is, is going to have to be adopted to manage it better. Yeah, Come absolutely. back to your, to your point on infrastructure. I think the thing that's from a from a, a government perspective, I think the governments are now going to have to put a lot more money into um, digital networks. I think the one thing that's been highlighted by the, the COVID-19 across a lot of countries um, is the fact that the digital infrastructure was, and it was just not capable of coping with, with this volume of traffic. And if we're going to move to remote working, we're going to move to a new way of, of working around the world that infrastructure is going to have to be built and built pretty fast. And that's a huge investment, but I think it has to be done if this is going to be sustainable. Absolutely. It's been a real test for a lot of you know, carriers and networks and you know, providers. I mean, even Microsoft, it's, it's it, you know, to, you know, add on that, that, that many organizations and users onto their platform overnight. It's just been uh, amazing to see that, you know, these, these, big vendors able to cope with the with the demand and how's that been at your end uh, Scott um, you know they um they really did have to up the number of uh, we'll call it server capacity I guess within office 365 uh, as we saw this uptake um, but you know the the messaging I'm seeing and hearing and of course my own experience is that um, maybe just a little bit of throttling, uh, we were able to manage it. And of course, I can't speak directly to the types of things that, that they're doing at that level because I'm that's, you know, that's not my space. Um, but I've, I've really been impressed with the way that um, at least the Microsoft Cloud and, and of course Azure have been performing because I'm, I'm not aware of any major outages during this whole time. So it's been, it's been a, a source of pride for me to watch this happen um, as well as just the, the base knowledge of, of knowing that when I fire up my laptop in the morning that it's going to be there for me. Yeah, and I, th I think that's the really interesting point. That's a really interesting point. It's just always there. And, and it's really been a great test for the cloud. And, you know, hats off to Microsoft for uh, keeping the platform up with, you know, just the sheer amount of users being added onto the platform. It's just amazing to see. Great stuff. Okay, well, I... I think it's about time. Uh, I think we, we've shared some great insights today, uh, gents. Uh, thanks for your time. Uh, it's been great talking to you both today. That was great to meet you. Thank you for your time. Yes, thank you very much for having me. Now, my pleasure indeed. So hey, thanks to everyone for watching. If you've enjoyed today's session, we'd really appreciate a like or a share. Um, I'm sure we'll see you again soon. Thank you.